welcome to the Crestland Seventh Avenue Church this morning. We're so pleased that you're here. And I know that God has blessed you this past week and has blessed you because you're here and you will receive a real blessing. I would like to just mention to you that we had a wonderful Sabbath school lesson, as always. And our teacher was a wonderful teacher. And the students were very good students because everyone participated. And we had some good questions, good answers. And it was a blessing. Let me remind you of one of the questions that was asked in church uh, during the uh, Sabbath school lesson uh, around the fireplace. And that is that it's interesting that very few, if any, other groups of people that meet on the Sabbath or even on Sunday who know a little bit about the uh, message that's found in Revelation 14, verse 6 and on, which is known as the three angels' messages. And let me remind you again and again that this is the last warning message to the entire world the inhabitants of the world. And I want to read it for you just to remind you that this is going to be done and presented to every man, woman, and child upon the face of this earth. The Bible says so. In fact, Jesus is the one that said, and this gospel shall be preached to all the world, and then shall the end come. That's a prophecy. And it says, and I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell in the air on every nation, kindred, tongue, and people, saying with loud voice, not just quiet, but a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of water. There's a message going to the entire world telling people they better get straight in their mind and worship the true God because there's all kinds of gods. And then another message that will be given is that there followed another angel saying Babylon is fallen is fallen. We better make sure we know what Babylon is. We make sure that we know it's fallen and the whole world will know that Babylon is fallen. The reason I know it is because that's exactly what Jesus said will happen. And then on verse 9 it says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall, and you can read the rest. So it's very clear that that message will go to every man, woman, and child. And then it says, verse 12, And here are the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Now, let me just go to another little section here. And uh, if I may just read it, here it says in chapter 18 of verse, uh, and verse 12, I heard another voice from heaven. Three voices and then another voice from heaven saying, what do you think it's saying? Watch this. Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins. Who? The sins of Babylon. And that ye receive not her plagues. 
There's plagues that's going to be coming upon the face of this earth. And here it says, come out of her, my people. Come out of her. Who is that? Out of Babylon. Out of sin. And when it says, come out of her, where do you come out to? What do you join? God's people. God's people. And there are God's people in every church, but they will have to come out. That's what the Bible says. Clear as a bell. And did you know something? I have, with God's grace only, come out. You have come out. And we have somebody who's going to share with us something of how she has come out. Mala, would you please come here and share with us how God has led you and your family in such a way that you know in your heart that you have truly heard this voice and you have come out. Please. Thank you, Pastor. I'm a little bit nervous. The pastor's been after me for a long time to share my sermon, my, my testimony. And today seemed to be a very good day. Um, Isaiah, I love the book of Isaiah. It's my comfort book. Isaiah 30, chap uh, chapter 30, verse 18. Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. For the people shall dwell in Zion at Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He sh will be very gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. And God, we were talking about God answering prayers this morning in the Sabbath school. God did answer my prayer to change my life completely. When I was a teenager, I, I grew up as a Hindu. I, I'm the oldest of 11 kids. Some of you know that. Um, and lots of babies, always babies to take care of. And my mom and dad, my dad actually used to drink a lot. And we didn't have money. We were very poor. Sometimes we'd have to feed the babies, just mix sugar and water and feed them that to eat. And <coughs> when I was 19 years old, I decided that I did not want to be like my mother. I did not want to have 10 kids and a bad husband. So I actually thought I wanted something better. I didn't know what that was. And um, prior to that, I used to pray to the Hindu gods. They have about 365 gods, one for each day of the month, each day of the year. And God of thunder, the moon god, the sun god. And I used to pray to some of those. And one day I did a test. I said, okay, I want to ask for my dad to stop drinking. I want to ask for peace in my family. Let me see if this god will hear. And I prayed, and nothing happened. It just kept continuing on and on, getting worse and worse. And sometimes I would fear for my life. I'd have to hide with the kids in the bushes. And my dad would be walking by, and I would hear him looking for us. And he never hurt us, but he would always hurt my mom. So one day I got up, and I went to where the god, my dad had a little hut where he kept his god. And his god was a stone, an image of a stone just a big old stone that we had to pray to. And I looked at it, and then I turned my back on it, and I closed my eyes, and I thought of a bright light 
far away, and I started praying and saying, God, I know you're there. I don't know what you look like. I don't know anything about you. Please help me. And I just left it at that. And then I went to bed, and I had a dream. And the Lord speak to us in different languages, different ways. And for me, it has been by dream sometimes. And I had this dream, and I dreamt this little uh, Caucasian woman. She was like this tall. And she came to visit, and she was giving me her name and address on a piece of paper. And she said, I'll come see you in two weeks. And shortly afterwards, in the, there was a little car that stopped in the front of our house. And this lady from my dream stepped out of the car. And she looked at us. There was all these kids, and she saw this little house and these trees and these kids looking at her from the fence. And she came down to the driveway. And my mom invited her in, and she said, we're, from, we're missionaries. We're just visiting and catching butterflies. She used to collect the insects, the butterflies, and all the different um, wildlife. And they came to our house, and as they were coming down the driveway, I felt like the clouds had parted. And my dad used to worship demons. He used to become demon-possessed and worship demons, and it was really terrible. And um, he used to speak different languages. Um, one of the ones he used to speak was, um, he used to speak old colonial English. This demon would come on him, and he would just carry on and tell my mom all kinds of weird things. And it was really, they called themselves lesion. Just like in the Bible where Jesus cast out that, the, the demons and the pigs and they drowned. And these were really creepy and terrible. And I knew when they were coming because you could smell the whole atmosphere would change and you could smell the earth and, and just you would hear these whistlings and, and it was really weird. And I was in the middle of that and I don't know how I got out of my life, only by the grace of God. And I felt like the clouds parted when these Christian people walked into our house. And we had been studying with um, Jehovah Witnesses and actually um, Anglican people. And for me, it never resonated. They would read out of the Bible, but the words never resonated with me because I felt there, there had to be something else that they weren't telling me. Um, but when these people came to visit, my mom said, I bet you these are Christians, but I don't know which church. And she said, I don't want to ask them. I'm afraid I'll offend them. And they would come visit us every two weeks, and they would try to help us do little projects so we could have money to buy food or buy books or pay our uh, um, uh, travel for school. And finally, they took me to their house one day, and they were the first people I ever told if my dad was a um, used to drink and beat my mom. And they started praying with me and telling me about Jesus, how Jesus loved me and the Bible. And when she would study the Bible with me, I felt this was, this was it. This is, this is what I need. But I didn't know how to tell them that. And when they were leaving, they gave me this book called The Desire of Ages. And I opened up Desire of Ages and started reading it. And I never thought somebody could love me the way Jesus loved, that could die for me. I didn't have anybody in my life who would die for me. 
or who love me. My parents never said I love you. They never put their arms around me and say I love you. No, no affection, nothing. It was always, you know, chores and kids. And I used to hide. I used to go take a book and just go hide and read my book and don't, you know, try to get away from it. But I always knew I needed something. I wanted something better. And they talked about love at their house, and um, I never knew what that was until I read about Jesus. And I would hide and read that book because my dad would get really upset if he he heard us singing hymns. My mom used to sing hymns. And long ago when she was a kid, she used to go to a Seventh-day Adventist church. We didn't know that until afterwards I became a Christian. And she knew those hymns, those Advent hymns she would sing when my dad was away. And if he would hear her singing, he would get really upset. And I would hide and read Desire of Ages where the white talks about the love of Jesus and how he died for us and how he loves us. And if ever you have a doubt about Jesus' love, please read that book. I know it's, no, most people do not like to hear about Ellen White, but she, like we were saying this morning, she is like a guide, you know, a help for us to, to understand God and God's word. And she herself said that she is not the guy. She's not the Bible. The people should read God's word. But for me, the desire of ages was powerful. It talked about someone who loved me more than anyone ever loved me. And I put that away, and I, I would hide the book. And then my friends left, the missionaries left Trinidad, and they came back here to um, the States. And they asked me if I'd like to, go, like to go to school. And this time I was 19 years old and I had dreams to go to college, but there was no hope of that because my father was too poor. And I said, sure, I'd like to go. But if I go, if it's a Christian school, I know I'll become a Christian and I'm afraid I might get, my father would hurt me. And they said, well, let's pray about it. So they prayed and they came uh, where I got the opportunity to attend Caribbean Union College. I was born in Trinidad, in the Caribbean. A lot of people think I'm Indian because I look Indian, but I'm not Indian. I guess, I, I don't know. <laughs> but um, I went to Caribbean Union College and the preach, they had a week of prayer and my roommate invited me to attend the week of prayer. And I said, I don't know if I want to go. And she said, just come, just for one night. So Friday night I went to the week of prayer and this old preacher was preaching, this elderly preacher was speaking. And as I was listening to him, I saw, it was like I saw a vision. I saw Jesus on the cross, on the stage, just right there on the cross. And my heart was broken to think that he was suffering for me and wanted me to be with him and wanted me to accept his love. And he spoke about the Sabbath and how wonderful it is to have a day of rest. Um, he spoke about the love of God, and I learned a lot that night, and I went up forward. I couldn't help myself. I went forward, and I said, I want to be baptized now, right this minute. And he said, okay, we'll, we'll baptize you next Sabbath. So the whole week I attended a week of prayer, and the following Sabbath, the preachers, uh, he, not prior to that, actually, that in the middle of the week, I had to go home because my mom had uh, called and said she wanted to see me. So I told the pastor I was going home, and he said, okay, well, we'll pray for you because we know what you're going home to. And when I got home, 
my dad was waiting for me, and it's like nobody told him I was getting baptized, but he knew. And when he became demon-possessed, his eyes would get red, and he would get all... He looked taller than he was, and it, it was a phenomenon. I cannot explain. It's really interesting. And he said, you are in trouble. This was not my dad speaking to me, but a demon was speaking to me. You will be... You, I don't know quite what he said, but he made it sound like I will be destroyed. And I was in trouble with my family, and if my dad finds out about this, I would, I'm no longer welcome there. This is not my home. And he started telling me all kinds of bad things. And then he kind of, my dad kind of fell to the floor, and that was it. I, I just walked away. Before, I'd be really scared, but that day I was not scared. I was thinking I could face this. I could face anything with Jesus. And my mom heard I was, I told her she, I was getting baptized and I would sing hymns with her. I spent two days with her and she was very happy and she said, you know, do that. Get baptized, accept Jesus, your life will be better. You, you, and plus you don't ever want to come back home. She told me, don't ever come back home. Find something to do, go away and never come back because my life would be in danger. And it was very hard for her to give me up because I was her main help. I was her main encouragement, you know, for her to give up her oldest child to, she doesn't know what she was giving me up to was a big sacrifice. So I went back to school and the, sec the, the missionaries told me that I may be getting a chance to come to the States and to study. And if I get a visa then that'll be God's will. So we prayed and I'm making this really short and I'm, I'm nervous too, so sorry. <laughs> I did get a visa within a uh, week to come to the States. And these same missionaries who was helping me actually knew my husband. Jim was working with the husband of the missionary. And Jim had asked them to pray for a wife for him. And so they were praying. And when I came over here, they introduced us. And that was 23 years ago. <laughs> we got married. But my life changed completely. Um, it was four years until I could see my dad again and see my mom again. And when I went back home, my uh, dad loved Jim. Uh, the way Jim would talk to him, Jim was very patient. He would actually read scripture to my dad. And he would listen. My dad would listen. My dad ended up going to church with my husband and me. And um, he, Christmas, he asked us to read out of Matthew. And then all of my siblings got baptized. They followed Jesus. And my dad passed away. He never got baptized or anything. He passed away at 68 years old. He was very young, I think. Um, I still miss him. I never had a relationship with him. I think now I would know what to say to him. Um, and then soon after, I wrote my mom a letter. I asked her if she would like to live in hell or... <laughs> I, I was a new Christian. I didn't know better. <laughs> or, if she <laughs> or if she would like to know Jesus and live with me in heaven. And I was very, mm, mm, mm. I was like, Mom, you got to do this. Because I, I, I know being a, a Christian is the best life than being a Hindu. And I didn't have any finesse at that age when I was younger. <laughs> how to bring someone to Jesus. My mom, I think, got scared. And she went to a week of prayer. And the pastor was talking about the end times and my mom smoked cigarettes two packs a day for 30 years so 
she had a problem with giving that up. And as she learned more about Jesus from this week of prayer and with me calling her and telling her, Mom, I don't want to bury you as a Hindu. I want to bury you as a Christian. I want you to <laughs> raise up with Jesus and with us to see Jesus. My mom actually said, okay, I'm going to give up cigarettes. And she talked to the pastor and she said, I, I cannot be baptized. I know I cannot be baptized smoking cigarettes, but I need to give it up. And the pastor said, we need to pray. And so they prayed. And then the night, the Friday night, my mom prayed again and said, Lord, tomorrow I would like, I, I want to be baptized. The day before she got baptized, my mom stopped smoking. And just like that, she stopped smoking. It was a miracle. She didn't have any problems. For 30 years, she smoked. <laughs> I'm a nurse. I know what happens when you stop just like that, anything. She had, she was fine. God healed her. God took it away. And it's been almost 12 years now she hasn't smoked any cigarettes. And she goes to church. She's a leader in her church. She loved Jesus. And the first day my mom and I get to stand together in church a couple of years ago was just the most wonderful thing to me because when I think back on how me and my mom used to be hiding in the chicken coop from my dad, trembling and scared, you know, that we're going to die or something bad is going to happen. She had blood running down her face many times where he would hit her. And I think, wow, we have surely come a long way. And you couldn't do that in this life without the Lord Jesus Christ. And I am very happy to be a Christian. I, I am not the perfect Christian. I have a bad temper. I All kinds of bad things. I mean, <laughs> When I'm at work, I, I have to go to the bathroom and kneel down and pray and ask God to help me because you, you meet people who get on your nerves. And I'm not a very patient person, as my husband can testify. But I try. <laughs> I try to be patient and I try to be loving because that's what Jesus wants. And that's how I want to be like him. And if I have offended anybody in church, forgive me um, if I've not been patient. Um, but I wanted to finish my testimony with this. And behold, this is in Revelation 22, verse 12. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to those these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come. And let him who hears say, come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Amen. How many of you have enjoyed it and got a blessing from it? Do you know that we have other people here that uh, have stories like that too? And we will be asking you to share it. But we'd like to have the Holy Spirit impress you. And you just tell me that you would be willing to share your experience. I know one person has already told me that, so we will uh, depend on you to let the Holy Spirit lead. Uh, you noticed that I earlier said, come out of her, my people. God has people 
that are in all areas, in all churches, even Hinduism, was it? And here God led in a marvelous way. Now I'm going to read for you a Bible verse that I want you to look at very carefully because this is talking about you personally. Are you ready for it? It is found in Revelation 18, 1. Here's what it says. And I saw another angel coming down from heaven. You know what an angel means? An angel, but also a message. Having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Mala, that's the way God uses angels to lead you and me to stand here and give a testimony and that lightens the glory of God because God is so great, so beautiful. And he wants all of us to have eternal life. And yet, as you read, not all will choose eternal life because God made us with the power of choice. But he knows that the choices you make, you can't change the consequences of your choice. So we either have eternal life or we'll be destroyed eternally. Some people say we'll burn in hell forever and ever. That's not the one, what the Bible talks about. And that's why we have people like you and I to be together, encourage each other, pray for each other. And that is composed of God's people. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the experience that you've given each one of us and the way you're leading each one of us to be restored back to your image. Yes, the Bible does tell us that we've all sinned and have come short of the glory of God, every one of us. But we're so thankful that Jesus gave his life in Calvary's cross so that we can have eternal life and he took upon us all the sins. And how we are reminded of your great love for us where the Bible tells us for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And at this moment, we pray that each one of us will have everlasting life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mm -hmm. How many of you want to have...